What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Locked On Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase here. And we're talking a little bit about the Sabres and Lightning today, a little bit about that hit on Rasmus Dahlin that gave him a concussion, Eric Cernak. I'm recording this on uh, Monday, not Monday, Tuesday, late afternoon, like 6 at 6 o'clock-ish right now, and we still don't have a decision on Cernak. I was hoping to wait until uh, until there was a decision on that to record this episode, but I'm not sure if it's ever going to come, so I am just said, hey, screw it, I'm just going to go right ahead in and uh, just do it, and then if it happens, it happens, I guess, and it'll be outdated, but... Uh, opinion of mine on the hit and what I think he should get. Uh, Eric Cernak, I do think he should be suspended, so I'll get into that in a little bit. little recap of the Sabres and Lightning last night because, you know, they lost, and it got like, if you look at the score, it got way away from them. But it was a little bit of a fluky loss in my mind. I'm not... I'm not crushing the Sabres too much for that loss last night. Um, but looking at the standings and how everything's going right now, Linus Allmark versus Carter Hutton is an interesting battle right now in net that I want to tackle. And also, the maybe the most interesting team in hockey right now, one of them at least, not for reasons on the ice but for off the ice, the Calgary Flames are in town tomorrow to play the Buffalo Sabres. And I think it'll be super interesting to see whether Bill Peters, with all that's going on about him that we will get into, and um, I'll, I'll bring you up to speed if you're not familiar with what's going on with the, with the Flames head coach. We'll get into that later on in the show, probably towards the back half, uh, as the Flames are in Buffalo tomorrow night. I'm super interested to see if he's going to be behind the bench. Um, I'll get into that later, but I definitely do not think that he should be. Uh, A quick look, though, at the Sabres and Lightning game last night. Again, I didn't think they played overly horrible, considering you were on a back-to-back. You're playing against the best team in hockey. And to me, not the best team in hockey right now. They're not playing like it, but they're the most talented team in hockey. And they are getting things back together. Um, they've won, I think, seven of their last ten. I'll double-check that real quick here. But it's seven of the last ten. I'm almost positive, and that is true. They've won three in a row. They're playing really well. Uh, plus 12 goal differential on the season. The possession numbers are really good. The possession numbers are really good in this game here against the Sabres. But if you look a little deeper at it, the, the, the quality of the Sabres' chances and... Kind of, you can look at their Corsi, which is not a great stat to use anymore, but you look at a lot of things. And the Sabres, I think it's interesting that Sean Tierney from The Athletic pointed this out that last year they were playing at a really high level during that 10 game win streak, and then the bottom fell out. Like, you look at a lot of their charts, you look at a lot of their, like, you'll, you'll see it on Twitter. They, a lot of these analytics guys, they put out these charts, these shot charts, and the quality versus quantity, and the offense versus defense, and all of those. And the Sabres were really low after that 10 game win streak last year. This year, when I'm seeing a lot of these charts put out, and Sean Tierney made this point. They were playing at a super high level, almost an unsustainable level, to start this season. But since, even though they're not getting the results, they're playing like middle-of-the-road hockey. And I think we can't forget that. Because at the beginning of the year, I wasn't ready to go all-in on this team because, yes, they were getting the results. They were getting wins. They were getting to overtime. But... To me, that's not a strong indicator of how good a team you are. I'm worried more about how you're actually playing within the game. I'm not going to worry as much about the result early in the year like this. And I think we should still be in that mode, but on the other end. They're not getting the results in the win department. They've only won two of their last ten. But they are not playing awful. They're not playing awful. And 
I think they could be playing better, and I think some simple lineup decisions could change that up, like putting Jeff Skinner with Jack Eichel more consistently, putting Sam Reinhardt at center, in my opinion, getting Zach Bogosian the hell out of this lineup, and getting Linus Allmark more time as this team's starting goaltender. I think all of that together would absolutely uh, would lead to the Sabres being a better team on the ice and a more consistent team on the ice, but they have uh, yet to really show an inclination to do any of those things that I really just talked about. Though I wonder if there's pressure on... Uh, uh, Ralph Kruger, he's starting to feel the pressure. He's getting a lot of questions asked about putting Eichel with uh, Jeff Skinner. All right, so for the, from the Sabres-Lightning game, I mean, again, I thought it was a little fluky. The Kucherov comes right out, scores 13 seconds in. Rasmus Ristolainen, a horrible giveaway. In fact, he was, I think, at fault at least three of these goals. He was awful in this game for the Sabres. Just maybe his worst game uh, of the year even though he's had some bad games, but I think this was his worst game of the year. On the bright side, hey, Jimmy Vesey scored. And let's hope the dam burst on that thing because that guy has scored 17 goals every single year of his career, which is not amazing, but it's also like a good secondary score. And that's what you brought him in to be here was a good secondary score. He has yet to provide that. And I guess you'd have to hope that he's going to start to get things going. Now, one thing that is interesting about VC looking back on his days with the New York Rangers is with the Rangers, he was very streaky. I talked to a guy uh, out of New York who covers the team for the Rangers, who was telling me about how, yeah, he would disappear for months at a time, but then he would be super hot for a couple of weeks. And when I heard that, it reminded me of Drew Stafford back in the day, because that's what Drew Stafford was. He would go on a tear. He'd score like six goals in three games, and then he wouldn't score a goal for a month. And if that's what we have in VC, maybe he just had that slow start at the beginning of the year, and he'll make up for it later on and still end up getting into double-digit goals at least. Um, but good to see that he got the one goal. It was a nice goal, too. And he's been getting a, he's been getting more opportunities. He's been getting some time played with Jack Eichel, just a little bit more. He's been getting more scoring chances because of it, getting a little bit of power play time, not a whole lot. But um, I think all of that could definitely help Jimmy VC to get him going here because I think the Sabres need to get him going, not just because they're not that deep at forward, but also because they're not that deep at forward, plus they have all these injuries on top of that right now with Marcus Johansson. Uh, number one who's been out of the lineup for the past couple of games but again fluky goal at the beginning of the game not fluky it was Ristolainen's fault but an early goal and two shorthanded goals scored by the Lightning ideally that's not going to happen and those are things that you're going to be able to limit if you look at the rest of the game if you look at the real meat of the game playing a back-to-back on the road against the most talented team in hockey. I didn't think the Sabres played that shabby. They were in the game for a lot of it. And that's kind of where I think we need to be with the Sabres. We still like the beginning of the year for a different reason. For, for a different reason. Now, don't focus too much on the result. That's what I'm trying to do because you'll you'll drive yourself crazy also doing that because of all the games they've been losing lately. Don't worry too much about the result. Focus more so on how they are playing. And there were a couple of players in this game that I did think played really well, including Jimmy Vc, as I just mentioned. Uh, Brandon Montour, I think, is really developing into maybe the Sabres' best defenseman. He started to see some more minutes. Finally, back on the blue line, not just playing forward like he did the game prior. And, um, you know, Colin Miller... I was yelling for him to get back in the lineup, but he did not do himself any favors in this Tampa game. Like he, he, he looks slower than he did to me when he was in Vegas, and especially when he did it in Boston. And if that's the case, then I think we're talking about a Cody Franzen 2.0. Cody Franzen had good tools as a defenseman in that he could pass the puck, he could shoot the puck, and he had a good sense of where to go with the puck. 
The problem Cody Franzen was is he had bricks in his skates. He could not move. He was stuck in the mud the entire game. And I don't think Colin Miller is near that level with his skating, but if he's going to start getting slower and slower, and he looked pretty slow in that Tampa game last night, Anthony Sorelli, for the goal that actually got called back because he kicked Hutton's pad in, flew by him, and it wasn't even close. So... If that's the case and that's going to be a problem for Colin Miller, then uh, I'm not going to be too upset the next time he gets healthy scratched. Although uh, Jake McCabe was scratched in this game, and I've been calling for that to happen for a while here. Him and Ristolainen to see a decrease. I mean, we've gone from the first few weeks of the season, Ristolainen and McCabe playing combined, what, 45 minutes on the ice? Last night, because McCabe was scratched and because Ristolainen saw fewer minutes, they played 16 minutes and 55 seconds of combined ice time. So we're getting that. Um, it was a very balanced uh, blue line attack yesterday. One guy that didn't have a good game was Henry Yoki Haru, but that was really the first game I noticed him not having a good game. The numbers will back that up, that he had his worst game probably as a Sabre. But, you know, young player, rookie, it's going to happen. And um, I still would advocate that he gets more ice time throughout the course of the season here. All right, we'll take a timeout here. When we come back, I want to look at the goalie battle a little bit closer. Linus Allmark versus Carter Hutton, the future of that position for the Sabres. A quick look at the standings and how Tampa uh, has surpassed the Sabres now and what what it looks like ahead of Buffalo now. And then after that, Calgary will be Bill Peters, be behind the bench for the Flames tomorrow night. We shall see. It's the Locked on Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase. Before I do take a timeout, though, I want to tell you about DoorDash. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code Locked On. Listening on the go, if you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. All right, a quick look at the standings and where the Buffalo Sabres sit currently here in the uh, in the NHL. Here in the NHL, like this is a podcast, whatever. Um, they are sitting with 25 points, which is now four points back of a playoff spot. Now, it was one point, and I was telling you, hey, everything's not going well, but look, they're only one point out. And it was two points. It's like, hey, things aren't going well, look, they're only two points out. Now we're getting to four. You don't want to let it get too far back of that because once you start getting to the seven like six, seven, eight, nine point range between you and a playoff spot, then what does the conversation become? Now it becomes, all right, now I need a big win streak, like a seven, eight game win streak to get back into this thing. Don't let yourself get to that point. So even though I've been saying on this podcast so far that I think that we need to focus more on how they're playing in the meat meat of the game versus what the actual result is, they are going to have to start getting some results or they're going to fall. They're going to fall pretty far out of this playoff race. The teams that are sitting ahead of Buffalo right now, the Toronto Maple Leafs at 26 points. They still have a game, uh, one more game played than the Sabres. So, uh, Tampa is sitting at 26 points. They played three fewer games than the Sabres. Those are two teams I'm just not really thinking about. I'm not really worried about. With Sheldon Keefe now behind the bench for Toronto, Alex Kerfoot put back at the wing. Jason Spezza now playing a better role. He's playing third-line center instead of fourth-line center. You've got Tyson Berry playing on the top pair more. You've got him playing on the top power play unit more. Everything Sheldon Keefe is doing right now is a lot smarter with Toronto than what Mike Babcock was doing. I think that they're going to be fine. I think they're going to get back in a playoff spot. I think Toronto will make the playoffs. I think Tampa Bay will make the playoffs. I think they are near locks, even though they're not in spots currently. So, how did the Sabres get in? You have to start thinking about that. If Toronto and Tampa take two spots away that other teams already have, well, where am I at? If if I go, let's assume for sake of conversation, Boston, Tampa, Toronto are going to make it. Okay, well, let's kick out... 
Montreal, and let's kick out Philadelphia. I don't think Philadelphia is very good, and I think Montreal is still a little bit overrated, even though I think they are a good team, and they could make the playoffs. I don't think they're a great team, and um, I, I don't think they're one of the eight best teams in the Eastern Conference. Currently, I think they're right on the fringe. So let's take Montreal and Philly out. All right, who else am I taking out? Suddenly, this race just got a lot harder, right? With Toronto and Tampa getting things together, this looks a lot harder. What do the Sabres do? Or who, who, who do they have to take out? Well, then you've got to start thinking about Pittsburgh, who, yes, has been dealing with injuries, but they've been playing well through the injuries, even with Crosby out of the lineup. I mean, they won the last two games. They're still um, they're getting a lot more shots than the teams that they are playing. They're getting great goaltending from uh, Tristan Jerry, actually the backup to Matt Murray. He's at a 945 save percentage, which I think is number one in the NHL for goalies that have played more than one start. He's played seven. So Pittsburgh looks good, and it'll be tough to wrestle a spot away from them, but you're going to either have to beat out a Pittsburgh a Florida, who I've said repeatedly I love. I think they're super talented on the blue line and at forward, and right now they are second in the division with Sergei Bobrovsky having an under 900 save percentage. If Bobrovsky get thing, gets things together, look out for the Florida Panthers not just being a playoff team, but being a team that will compete for their division. So those two teams I got to think about, or I got to think about the Islanders, who before losing a couple of their last couple games had won 16 of 17 or 15 of 16, something crazy like that. So I've either got to wrestle a spot away from them, and they're nine points ahead of me, or I got to wrestle a spot away from Carolina, who I don't think Carolina is like uber talented, but I do think they're definitively better than the Sabres. They are a good possession team. They are a good puck move. They're one of the best blue lines in the NHL, if not the best blue line in the NHL, and nobody gives them credit for it. Like. Is anybody listening right now? I'm sure some people do. Like Buffalo fans probably would know better than other NHL fans. But how many NHL fans know who Brett Pesci is? How many? Because he's almost a top pair defenseman in the league, and he's a bona fide top four defenseman in the league. And does anybody know who Brett Pesci is? Does anybody know who Jacob Slavin is? Because he is a top pair defenseman in hockey. They, they got rid of Justin Falk and didn't skip a beat. They got rid of their most star-worthy defensemen that like people knew the name of their captain and their blue line is still great um so can I take them out and I'm uh, what am I six points behind Carolina I gotta wrestle a spot away from one of them that looks like a pretty daunting task the east suddenly looks a lot tougher than it did about a week ago or even two weeks ago because Toronto and Tampa have gotten things together I mean you could have hoped I guess that one of them wouldn't and maybe Toronto doesn't go all the way through here maybe their problems do creep back in with their defensive depth and their goaltending um but I'm not banking on that happening. I just think they have too much offense and they're just too much scoring ability to uh, to fall out. But we will see them on Friday, which will be very interesting. And I'm still I'm bummed about that. I think I talked about this. I'm going to be in the air. I'm going to uh, Arizona uh, for the weekend and for the beginning of next week. And I, my flight leaves at four o'clock on Friday, so I'm probably going to miss some of that Toronto game. And I'm hoping I'll be able to watch a lot of it on the plane. And I wish I was in the arena for it because there's n- the best game of the year to go to for the Sabers. The best two games to go to is absolutely. Uh, when the, the Sabres host the Leafs, and that'll be happening on Friday night at 4 o'clock. All right, another timeout here. Um, actually, before I do that, just a quick look at the goaltending uh, matchup. Car- Carter Hutton last night against the the, Le- the, uh, the Lightning did not bail the Sabres out, and it's all right, like tough spot. You know, a lot of those goals I wouldn't completely want to put on him, but I think it's becoming very clear to me that Linus Allmark should be this goal, goal, this team's starting goaltender, not just because I think he's playing better right now and you want to keep with the hot hand, but also he's the younger guy. He's the guy you're still trying to figure out about. We know what Carter Hutton is. He is a fringe starting goaltender, and he is a great backup goaltender. That is what he is. Just, we know it. 
He's he's 33 years old at this point, 34. We know what Carter Hutton is. We don't fully know what Linus Allmark is. Let's find out what he is before Uka Pekalukinen gets here, uh, which I think will be next season. And Allmark, I'll give him Ralph Kruger credit. He did start doing that before this last game last night against Tampa. Allmark had played three games in a row, so I hope they go back to him uh, against Calgary tomorrow, but we'll see. Speaking of Calgary, when we come back, a quick look at what is going on with them off the ice, the whole Bill Peters situation, whether he will be behind the bench against the Sabres tomorrow night, and then a quick thought from me on the Eric Cernak suspension um, if it does happen, what it should be uh, when we come back here in the Lockdown Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase. There was a poll, by the way, on uh, our Twitter account at Locked On Sabres. If you don't follow it, would appreciate a, a little follow. We do some fun things on there, like our uh, our best saber of all time at certain numbers. I've, we've actually kind of changed it a little bit to favorite uh, num- player at a number of all time because I'm starting to realize a lot of these numbers are gimmies. Like the Sabres got the 25 points, and I was writing down who's your best number 20, who's the best number 25 in team history. It's not even close. It's just Dave Andrewchuk. It's not even close. So you know what? I'm like, screw it. Let's make this a little more interesting. Let's go. Who's your favorite at the number in team history? So I did that, and at 25 points, gave you three options. Dave Andrzejczyk, Mike Greer, Václav Verata. And Mike Greer pulling a little bit of an upset here with 48%. I'm not sure if that's his Twitter being more millennial than uh, the common Sabre fan base, I would bet. Um, but Mike Greer comes out on top at 48%. Dave Andrzejczyk at 37%. Václav Verata, 13%. Some write-ins, 1%. Most of those were Mark Mancari, weirdly. Um, so a couple of you loved Mark Mancari, but obviously... Didn't deserve to be uh, given his own spot on the poll. Eric Cernak has not been suspended as of this moment. When I'm recording just after six o'clock on uh, on Tuesday. I, he was usually those things come out at about five the day he gets a hearing. I'm guessing because there's been no suspension announced that he is not going to get suspended. Um, but I don't know that. We haven't seen an announcement of that. I don't really remember if they do make an announcement of that. But I think he should get one or two games. It was unpenalized. I think that should matter. He Rasmus Dalini was concussed, concussed on the play. I think that should also matter if the NHL wants to get serious about concussions. If a guy gets a concussion on the play, that should be an automatic game. At least. A game is not even that much. 82-game season. That should be a rule. Guy gets a concussion, you caused it, you get a game, minimum. And I'm not sure if that's going to happen with Eric Cernak. I think it should be a game or two. It wasn't overly vicious, but it was deliberate, it was to the head, and it was with an elbow. That's illegal. All of that is illegal. It can't go unpenalized. And since there was no penalty on the play, you either have to give him a fine or a suspension because otherwise it will go unpenalized. Taking out the Sabres' best defenseman, in my opinion, or one of their best defensemen, obviously, franchise defenseman to be uh, with a concussion. And concussions, the way like we're seeing what's going on with Kyle Poso right now, we don't know if Kyle Poso is ever going to play hockey again. You don't want to have that starting with a young player, like that concussion history. And it started because of an illegal hit that needs to come with at least some sort of punishment. It doesn't have to be crazy. You don't have to give him 10 games, but... Give him a game or two. You got to be serious about concussions if you're the league. Another thing that's a pretty serious topic that I want to get into before we get out of here is this whole Bill Peters situation with the Calgary Flames. Uh, the Flames head coach was the Carolina head coach before this. Comes from actually, funny enough, the Mike Babcock coaching tree. Babcock got fired last week, and since then we've heard a lot of stories about Babcock, including this Mitch Marner story where he made Marner as a rookie write down, rank the players on his team in terms of how hard he thought they worked, and then Babcock read that aloud to the team. Like, that's just absolutely ridiculous. It's such, it's 
it's it's so, that's so bush league by Mike Babcock, and I can see what now why a lot of players have come out and said he got what he deserved, and we're happy to see him fired. Some of that's coming out right now on Bill Peters. There is a allegation against Bill Peters that he used the N word, and that I mean, if you read read the story about it, I'm not gonna really relive it here, but it, you can go find it. It is it is brutal. It's brutal. Like it's just a guy that has no. He has no thought about what he is saying in that moment. And it's almost like, the, in the context, it sounds like it's something that he would say a lot. Now, you can't guess that, but um, it seemed like it, it was nothing to him, at least in context when you read about what happened there. So if that is true, that he used a racial slur, guy should be fired immediately, should not even be a question. Add on top of that, all the stuff that's coming up from Carolina right now, Michael Jordan, not the basketball player, the former Hurricanes defenseman who now plays over in Europe, told a story on Twitter and then confirmed this to Frank Saravelli of TSN and other Carolina players confirmed this to Frank Saravelli of TSN that Bill Peters used to get into physical altercations with his players. Like, what is that? Michael Jordan talking about how when he was on the bench once, he made a poor play, and he's sitting on the bench, and Bill Peters kicks him hard in the back. Like, what are you doing? You you as a head coach, I don't care who you're coaching, professional athletes, kids, high school players, college players, you have absolutely no right at all to put your hands or put your feet in this situation on a, on another one of your players. Like, that is way over the line. So if that's true, not only should he be fired by the Flames, but the NHL should suspend him to further deter any team from thinking about hiring him in the future. And... I mean, multiple physical altercations. We only heard about this kick from Michael Jordan. There, no, actually, there was another story that a, a former Hurricane player that was unnamed said that he punched a player in the head. Like, holy cow. You, sh- you cannot do that. That is so far over the line. He should not be on the bench tomorrow night for the Calgary Flames. Their GM, Brad Trelevin, came out today and said, we're investigating it, been in contact with the NHL, you know, that that all that stuff, and that he's not being relieved of his duties at this time. Now, if any of this is proven to be true, he absolutely needs to be fired. And he should not be on the bench while all of this is going on. If he's behind the bench in Buffalo tomorrow night against the Sabres, that's a horrible job by the Calgary Flames in the NHL. He should not be allowed to be behind the bench while all of this is going on. Because if it is true, he should not be allowed to work in the league like that. All right. Little mini rant there for you. I got to get out of here, though. I will talk to you next tomorrow after Flames and Sabres. In fact, I might even talk to you before Flames and Sabres. I'm trying to get a guest on to talk a little bit about uh, a little bit about the Leafs or uh, or also and also the Chicago Blackhawks, maybe both, to kind of talk about what's going on with Alex Nylander right now versus what's going on with Henry Yoki Haru. Um, so maybe I'll talk to you before then, but at the latest, I'll talk to you tomorrow after Sabres and Flames. So thanks, everybody, for listening for to today's episode, and I will talk to you tomorrow. This has been the Lockdown Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.